Hi, it's Matt. Just before we start the show, I want to tell you about a great live event I've got coming up on the 27th of March. To celebrate 600 episodes of Recruiting Future, I'm going to be hosting a live Ask Me Anything webinar. This is your chance to pick my brain on anything you like, including market trends and predictions, the impact of AI on recruiting, skills-based hiring, the changing role of recruiters, podcasting tips, or even my favourite Scottish tourist destinations and whiskies. Literally, ask me anything. I'll also be joined by some surprise special guests who'll be adding their perspectives to the conversation. You can sign up now by going to mattalder.me slash AMA. That's mattalder.me slash AMA. And I really look forward to seeing you there. That web address one last time. mattalder.me slash AMA. Support for this podcast comes from HireVue. HireVue's team acceleration software combines digital video with deep learning analytics to help companies build and coach the world's best teams. Team acceleration software is a modern digital answer to antiquated recruiting and training software that has placed barriers and bias in the way of finding, selecting and coaching a company's most important asset, its people. Visit HireVue.com, that's spelt H-I-R-E-V-U-E, to learn how organisations like Vodafone, Unilever, Nike, Red Bull, IBM and JP Morgan Chase are modernising the way they work. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 75 of the Recruiting Future podcast. It's always great to welcome back a previous guest to the show, and I'm particularly pleased this week to welcome back William Uranga, Director of Technical and Corporate Recruiting at GoDaddy. The last time he was on the show, William talked about the tactics GoDaddy were using to recruit in some highly competitive markets. In this week's episode, William gives us an insight into the journey his talent acquisition team are on to move from being reactionary to operational and ultimately to be genuine strategic partners to their business. If you are an in-house recruiting leader looking for a model for team improvement, then I think you'll find this discussion particularly interesting. Hi William and welcome back to the podcast. Thank you, appreciate it Matt. Um, A pleasure to have you back on the show. Um, Last time when you were here a few months back we were talking about um, how to recruit um, tech talent in a competitive environment Um, and you're also talking about the sort of the transition that your your recruiting team was um, going through. So it would be good to sort of pick up on those um, themes and and see what's happened in the um, intervening time. Before we do though, um, I should probably get you to introduce yourself and say who you are and who you work for, um, just in case anyone didn't hear the the first podcast. Certainly. Uh, So William Ranga, uh, I've been uh, around in tech recruiting for, uh, we'll just say some 
some some time. I don't want anybody to carbon date me or anything like that. <laughs> but uh, I've I've spent a lot of time uh, both on the West Coast, uh, particularly in the Bay Area, working with uh, tech companies from a recruiting standpoint, both in an individual contributing role and then mo- more recently in the last uh, good 10, 12 years in a, in a leadership role. Uh, right now, I uh, lead a, a team of recruiters that does uh, professional uh, hiring for GoDaddy, um, which is headquartered uh, over here in Scottsdale, Arizona. And we focus on the traditional corporate roles, uh, everything from a frontline hire all the way up to uh, to an SAP uh, technical roles, uh, which for us tend to be design, product management, product marketing, and then, of course, engineering, which encompasses quite a, a wide spectrum of, of talent there as well. So before we get into your journey, um, I'd kind of be interested to get your perspective on what your market looks like at the moment. Um, when we were talking last time, it was kind of highly competitive um, and you were, you know, you were kind of working hard and really sort of leveraging your employer brand to find the talent you needed. Um, have, th- have things changed? Is there, is there still a shortage of talent in the areas that you, that you recruit? Uh, in certain areas, yes, and uh, you know, it may surprise people. Uh, one of those areas, for example, is finding uh, technical accounting people. Uh, here in in the Phoenix area, there's quite a bit of uh, diversity of different um, uh, companies uh, from an industry standpoint, but it's not the same sort of uh, intensity or concentration as you find, for example, in the Bay Area. Therefore, to find people that have uh, that they have their CPA uh, is super hard to find here. Uh, and so it, it takes a little bit longer. And so we've had to adjust and almost make some of our uh, sourcing plans and branding efforts almost on par with what we do for engineering, even though it isn't for the same number. It's uh, it, you know kind of digging your well before you're thirsty, so to speak. So it's been a, been a great, a lot of discussions, but a great partnership working with the CFO and, and, and their leadership to be more involved in the community so that people know that we're around and have us as part of, uh, if you will, free rent in their mind uh, from a brand standpoint, being aware of who we are, what we do, and as a viable option uh, as they look to uh, uh, kind of develop their careers as a possible place to go. Uh, so that's just one example, just even within accounting, that's not even uh, you know, engineering, so to speak. But we certainly do uh, have uh, challenges that have shifted. Uh, and, and one went from super hard to now we almost have more applicants than we know what to do with. And that's particularly within our, our frontline hiring uh, that has been addressed by a university uh, team. This year, I think we had about nine to 10,000 applications just this past fall for internships and new college grad roles that we had open. Uh, so going from we couldn't get enough resumes qualified people to now we have too many. How do we respond? How do we prioritize those with a very small team uh, became uh, you know the, the next problem for us to, to, to solve. So I guess you could say in one, in one case, be careful what you ask for. You might get it. And that'll present a different set of circumstances to respond to. So that's certainly within uh, within another group. And I think right now, um, what one thing that we're looking to address um, has been more the mid-career person. So not not the junior folks, not the people leadership, but the high-level individual contributing folks, particularly within engineering, is uh, uh, a bit more rarefied air. So 
uh, they don't need to go to meetups. They um, they don't have to rely on a network to to get tips. They they already have this built off and outside of uh, a lot of social media platforms. So how do you get them? How how do you how do you engage that? That's what, something that we're currently working on. And the part of the solution to that is certainly the the brand aspect. And we have uh, particularly earlier this year had embarked on uh, getting a whole lot of video footage. Uh, we also appointed one of our, our colleagues within the TA function to take on um, social media and brand as a, a person that already knew GoDaddy uh, and would ramp up in this effort. And it's been great to see how within talent acquisition, we've started to develop our own, um, even if it's just one person, center of excellence that we can go to and start leveraging them on the practices that we should be using to solve a very particular set of circumstances. That's interesting, actually, because that's something that I've seen with, um, you know, quite a few companies to, to a sort of a greater or lesser extent to sort of develop that expertise in-house and to have someone who who kind of truly understands the brand and can and, and kind of can kind of communicate that. So, yeah, that 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 makes a lot of sense. So you're, you've kind of been on a bit of a journey with, with your team and with your strategy. Um, talk, talk, talk us through that. How, how, how have things been um, developing? What have, you, what have you been learning? Well, this has been, um, overall from GoDaddy, has been going through a transformation of being what most people knew um, as a domains and, and hosting company to uh, to, to help get your email address or website address to now being really a full-fledged um, spectrum of technology to help the entrepreneur. Uh, that's been a, a new uh, pivot for the company and a new offering as we continue to grow very robustly. I think a lot of people have had um, the old paradigm of what we were doing still stuck in their head as well as the old Super Bowl commercials and advertisement. But this is really a, a, a new pivot for GoDaddy. And as we've been having a new paradigm for the products that we want to continue to bring to the market, how we want to organize our business and the values that we want to operate by, we've also needed to, uh, if you will, change talent acquisition to meet that. So we, if you will, have a, a people plan as well. And doing that, we found ourselves in a, a situation in which we were extremely reactive. Get a wreck, it's you know, pure panic, if you will, or go, go, go until you fill it. Uh, and then you know, repeat the cycle, almost like Groundhog's Day. And we realized that we weren't able to have deeper conversations about the quality of the talent, how could we get ahead of the pipeline, uh, building efforts and so forth. And we realized that, it, you know, in some cases, the business was going to be able to be a great partner with us, that as it was going through changes, we were going to be able to match them in step. And then there were some areas that we simply weren't going to be able to partner, such as workforce planning. There was always going to be, you know, the 11th hour emergency of, uh, you know, get me five engineers over here or a, a pivot in another part of the world where we would have to respond to. So in, in some cases, we had to take that into account that if we couldn't get that nailed down, how could we be the best talent acquisition um, uh, group that GoDaddy needed to move forward and get where it was going? So we knew that being reactionary was not uh, was not healthy. Uh, so we had started to uh, say how we could move things into more of an operational footing. And this was uh, a, a lot of long discussions about priorities, 
about what what did we want to be known for, what value did we want to describe that we were going to be offering the business, and set about to to have uh, operational steps, uh, start developing best practices, and really re-engaging the hiring managers and their executives about we can do this if we can partner with you to this extent uh, in, in how we hire people. So will you change in your expectations and your behavior along with us? And that was something that got us to the operational side where we had uh, a predictable set of plans. Um, so you know, if A happens, we follow up with B and, and, and so forth. And that was good because talent acquisition could then become predictable in, in what we were delivering as opposed to um, what would be the right word, uh, uh, hodgepodge of experiences that people have not maybe necessarily the same across organization, but became unified in that sense. How easy was that process with the hiring managers? Um, was, was it something that was very straightforward? Was there a lot of, um, you know, sort of pain involved with that? Did they respond well? Um, any sort of uh, tips or tricks that uh, you, you could share with other people in terms of getting that, getting that process right? Sure. Well, and, and this, is ha- this has happened in several different cycles, uh, but we found, uh, you know, socializing, communicating, educating, uh, and really asking a lot of questions uh, was super helpful. Uh, so this happened, uh, this had actually started before I had joined GoDaddy, which is now, you know, we're moving into my, uh, in my third year here, uh, and having, if you will, a listening tour uh, and asking questions about what are they facing in their business, not just on the talent front, but what are they struggling to solve uh, in getting the product out the door? What are they changing in that aspect? And there was all kinds of different color that we got that otherwise wouldn't have shown up on a on a description, uh, a role description before. And you know, at the end of those conversations, sometimes it was with individuals, sometimes it was within teams. It was, you know, if we had a, a clear sense saying, well, we can, we can certainly affect this and do this if we were able to partner with you and actually get your interview team organized ahead of time. Now, some people said, well, that makes complete sense. It saves time if you talk and plan ahead of time. Others, you know, didn't, hadn't had a good experience before and they questioned why. That seems like, you know, giving me homework uh, <laughs> to do something up front. What, how do I get the payoff? And so some of that, even after talking with them, was something they had to take on faith. Uh, could we provide training so that everybody was on the same page and we had the same nomenclature and so forth? Others uh, were happy to try it out and, and give us you know, brutally honest feedback about what was working. Uh, and there were some things that I think we uh, launched probably too quickly that we said, okay, we got we got to revisit that. Um, one of the things right now is the the feedback form that we use for our uh, technical phone screens and on-sites. Nobody uses it the same way uh, between two or three people, unfortunately. So we're trying to figure out how do we how do we simplify it. So some of the stuff we got right after having those conversations. Others were are more of an ongoing uh, evolution uh, to how to improve the tools and, and make it easier to use so that we have uh, uh, better better results. But so so it was more. It was just that ongoing discussion with with certain leaders. In fact, we're still doing this um, on an ongoing basis. Each of the people that lead a team within talent acquisition are checking not only within the SVP level but their direct reports at least a couple times a year, saying, "How are we doing? How's my team doing? 
Uh, what could we be doing better? Are there opportunities to partner better together? And it's amazing when you have that sort of 30-minute conversation, uh, you discover where training could solve that. Um, spending time with some individuals that uh, don't see the value when you when you present something as a group, uh, you know, just some one-on-one time would make a difference in that area. Uh, but when you address stuff that's very near and dear to their heart as far as how they ship products or how they take customer calls, uh, they get that. But if you throw them a bunch of HREs, mumbo-jumbo, bureaucratic terminology, they just shut down. They don't have time to pick up and, and learn whatever uh, HR folks uh, are you know, steeped in from from day one, it seems. Uh, that makes a that makes a lot of sense, and I think that HREs is now my fa- new favorite word. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I kind of interrupted your 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 flow there a little bit. So so kind of what happened after you'd established, um, you know, this kind of dialogue with the with the hiring managers. Well, and, and so having that dialogue with the hiring managers, you know, the other half of the the, the equation is your team. And, you know, it, it's one thing to deal with the, the devil or the pain that you have at the moment, but change itself can be viewed as super painful in its own right. And so I had internal skeptics, healthy skeptics, mind you, but I said, I, I don't know if that's going to, you know, work. And there were people that just said, anything's got to be better than, than what we're doing now. That was particularly easy to, to – I didn't have as many naysayers going from reactionary to operational, right? But going from operational to uh, I mean a tactical, excuse me, going from tactical to operational is it was a different shift, and I I kind of mixed my terminology there. Tactical is when we have a, a, a set of plans. Operational is where we're able to start defining better the products or the outcomes that we're going to have within reportable and and averages and and metrics, and that's something that. Um, I think that could probably have the most resistance internal with some of our teams that if we were going to uh, work on our candidate experience, we needed to be able to set expectations up front of when a candidate will hear back from us, which meant that even though we were getting inundated with applications, we had to get back to them within a certain period of time about whether they were going to move forward or or not move forward. Uh, So those were harder discussions to have. And and I, I found at least within the, the personalities within our teams, it was much better to present the, the, the opportunity or the problem and, and say, how would you guys solve this? What do you think we should do? What, what's reasonable? What are we willing to commit to and sign on and, and get more buy-in that way than just coming you know, with a little snowflake memo saying this is how the world will be moving forward? Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, how do you how, how do you solve a problem like that in terms of um, you know having to get back to people when you're getting an increasing amount of um, increasing amount of applications? And I'm sure that the the resources that you have aren't growing um, at the same pace. So uh, it, it's similar in a, a way to not getting or having a problem with your uh, your hiring funnel the candidate funnel. Uh, You know, if you measure stuff, if you care about something, you'll measure it. And we found, for example, with some candidate funnels that there was just too much throughput from the the first level that the the recruiter would see. They were just passing way too many on to the hiring manager to review. So in having that, 
there, there's, there's a problem. One, you're wasting your hiring manager's time, and you're expecting them to do more of the lifting on the screening side, whereas the recruiter's not uh, either doesn't have time or hasn't been equipped to do that. So when we talked about you know becoming more valuable to your hiring manager, if you can get it where as you go down each level of vetting to more you know from the widest part of the funnel down to where you actually have an offer and you have the conversion rate increasing, that's a better sign. That's much better to, to have that. And the hiring manager will sing your praises. Uh, the interview team will be amazed because they don't feel like they're wasting their time uh, seeing people that should, they shouldn't be looking at. And uh, the recruiter gets, you know, gets kudos as well. And so painting that picture of what adding value is and letting the recruiters know that you don't have to be a shorthand cook at a fast food restaurant, you can actually be more of a consultant or advisor if you go ahead and shift that work more up front. Now, you know, the recruiters will say, well, that means that that falls on me more. Well, not necessarily. Uh, some of the solutions that we talked about how we could better reclaim our time as recruiters was how we were managing our time uh, just from a calendar perspective. Some of it was uh, setting expectations uh, in the acknowledgement email with the candidate. Some of it was better uh, understanding what the requirements were from the hiring manager and figuring out ways that we could either get better work samples or some of the prelim questions answered up front and, and taken care of so that we had a better, uh, a better qualified candidate to put in front of the hiring manager. You've mentioned sort of analytics um, uh, when, when you were talking there. I think, it's really, I think that's a really fantastic approach to, to, to solving that problem. And you've, you've mentioned sort of analytics as a, as, as a way of kind of diagnosing where the pain points are. Um, how else have you, you found analytics to be useful and, and, and what are you kind of measuring in this, in this sort of stage of your, of your evolution? Yeah, great, great question. And when I say analytics, I don't want to make it sound like we're um, doing anything too terribly advanced. Uh, in fact, <laughs> we just have a, a, a team that has started here that we've, we've built called Advanced Analytics for the entire business. And though those people are really kind of doing, if I may affectionately call it, egghead uh, sort of work about how do we do predictive modeling and stuff like that. I guess what I would probably draw what we're doing is a little bit more to uh, business intelligence, which is which is more reporting and and noting what's within the norms or or, or blips on the radar screen. And if you measure what you care about and you report what you care about, and you're transparent about it, there's a couple things that you can, um, can do. One, uh, on, on, on the recruiter side, everybody loves to know when, when they're kind of you know killing it, so to speak, that they're just hitting a home run, probably is a better analogy. Uh, people love to know that. Two, if somebody's doing it better than they are, that drives uh, usually a recruiter nuts, but only to the point where they're asking, how did you do it better? I'd like to learn too. So there's kind of the the peer teaching, peer sharing in that sense. But then there's also the questions that would normally routinely come up from the hiring manager or their executives. And if you're not producing anything, they're saying, what is happening? And you leave them to fill in the blanks or create the narrative of how well your, your group is doing or maybe not doing. So what helps with, with business intelligence or being able to provide um, metrics and analytics 
uh, at at uh, through reporting is you'll be able to talk about what is happening and then quickly get to the next set of questions, which is probably more interesting as to why is it happening and what can we do about it? Where can we double down and make that even better? Or how can we minimize that moving forward? Those are the real interesting questions that our executives now uh, enjoy asking um, and talking about because what we've done is we've taken a series of reports um, that we watch on a weekly, monthly basis and now put it into our quarterly business review and our our talent acquisition um, offsite that we have after each quarter spends a lot of time looking at these dashboards, which is key areas um, where questions were asked and we're, we're measuring things and we're watching them trend over time and noticing when there's improvement of a certain magnitude or or maybe it's moved in the wrong direction. And we get we quickly get engaged as to what was happening what can we do about that and how do we address that moving forward? And then we uh, uh, even took it a step further of where we had that reflective of the whole function and we turned it around and started to share, if you will, a scorecard or dashboard for each of the SVPs as to what talent acquisition looked like in their business group. And how did they compare to their peers of SVPs as far as uh, app to offer cost per hire, um, the number of uh, diversity candidates that they hired compared to their peers. That took a whole other level of uh, interesting turn as far as discussion at the executive level. I can imagine that was a very powerful uh, powerful thing to do. Yeah, and, and they ask for it now. So that, that's a great excuse to have a conversation with your SVP. And, and the fun thing now that we have this and that I'm that we're working on our recruiters going from that last transformational stage from operational to strategic, now my recruiters are spending time with those SVPs going over those dashboards and scorecards. And I find that really, I mean, I could be doing that. Uh, my VP could be doing that. But man, when you have that level of, of, of ownership at the recruiter level, the senior recruiter level, that's something special. And I, I smile when I see that happen because I know that they've bought into the model and where we're going and uh, it's just super exciting to start to see that happen more and more. So you mentioned sort of moving from operational to strategic. How does this play out from, from, from here? What are, the, what are the next stages for you? Well, uh, I, don't have a, I don't have a stage after strategic. At least I haven't thought of it. <laughs> Maybe we start getting into, into version 1.0, 2.0. There's always something to, to test and try. Um, you know, does does making a, a degree required in a certain area improve um, performance uh, as far as uh, in customer care and consulting? I don't know. Maybe we test that out. Um, you know, maybe we've been uh, too, maybe we've been silly in requiring somebody to have a, a degree in computer science because that was a, a cheap, you know, shorthand of knowing computer science fundamentals. And, and we should really be playing more emphasis on what they can actually do from a coding standpoint and assessment, if you will. Um, but the moving from the uh, operational to the strategic is being uh, what we call more of a consultant or a talent advisor. And it isn't so much getting caught up in the, in the machinations of applicant tracking, because we certainly have to do that to a certain extent. I have some searches of my own that I do, so that's how I kind of maintain 
contact on the on the street with what my recruiters are experiencing or seeing. But to be able to say, let's set this up and let's run it, here's a game plan, and then start relying on uh, some of these centers of excellence I mentioned at the at the beginning uh, to go ahead and do a lot more of the lifting with regards to screening or generating interest or content and so forth. And so it becomes much more of a clear partnership uh, where the hiring manager is just as involved uh, not only in the vetting, not only in the screening, but actually in the generation of talent, whether it's the referrals, uh, contributing to a, a meetup, generating a blog. Uh, they're in there because that's how we see the marketplace going. And the uh, the recruiter, as, I'm, as we're shifting to be more a talent advisor, becomes offering the best practices and in, in advising about how to go about putting together the best offer with internal comps in mind or uh, the strategy about how we engage this talent and what's changed over the past year and making them much more of the go-to person for um, not just the rec, but any sort of, of talent strategy challenge that they have moving forward. And when you have the SVP of a group uh, coming to your recruiter because they have that confidence in them, that then I'll know that we've kind of rounded that, if you will, that final corner. Uh, right now, I, I do get pulled into things, and that's that's okay because we're not we're not done with this transformation. But when you start getting that 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 shift of emphasis and who your your SVPs go to, that's helpful. One of the things we're I'll kind of end with this that we're doing is we're aligning the recruiters to the SVPs. Uh, we used to have them geographically based. Now we have them. Uh, known uh, by the SVP and their leadership team saying that if you have a question, here's the recruiter. They're not going to be shifted to uh, to another location or something like that because we want them to be embedded with your business, know your business, and represent your business well. If I have them focused on four or five different um, groups or it's always rotating as to who they're working with, it's really hard to have that stickiness. So we're, we're going for that stickiness moving from uh, being a, a mayor recruiter to, to more of a talent advisor. William, thank you very much for talking to me again. You bet. Thank you, Matt. My thanks to William Uranga. You can subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, on Stitcher, or via your podcasting app of choice. Just search for Recruiting Future. You can find all of the past episodes at www rfpodcast.com on that site you can also subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me this is the last episode of the podcast for 2016 and i just wanted to say a big thank you for all of the amazing support you've given to me and to the show this year i'll be back next year and i hope you'll join me my show. Hi, my name is Sarah, and I want to tell you about my podcast called 
can I offer you some feedback? I'm a business consultant and executive coach with over 20 years experience in change management, leadership development, and naturally providing feedback to high performers. My podcast is for those of you who have a complicated relationship with feedback, whether giving, receiving, avoiding or seeking, feedback is essential for our development. In each episode, you'll hear from real people across industries with their ideas, perspectives, and best practices on feedback. I'll also be sharing business bites with you, simple explanations of organizational tools, management techniques, and leadership philosophies that will help you and your businesses thrive. You can listen to Can I Offer You Some Feedback on your favorite podcast app or learn more at evergreenpodcasts.com.